Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project. We'll have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Paul Zak, head of the Center for Neuroeconomic Studies at Claremont Graduate University. Okay, so, so Paul, let's, let's talk a little bit about kind of uh, basic stuff about oxytocin. So you've played lots of uh, trust game with oxytocin, right? So can you give us kind of a quick run about how this works out? Sure. So we put people in the lab. They all get 10 bucks because they're going to get tortured by putting needles in their arms. And then we give them this task without deception. And we say, look, if you give up some of your 10 bucks to someone you're matched to randomly in the lab by computer who you can't talk to, what if you give up in your account gets tripled in their account? So you give $5, they get 15 Exactly Good right. deal for them. And you only keep 5 Now, why would you ever do that? People do this quite readily because they have some model of human nature that says, look, if I give money to this person, they understand why I sent it to them. Everyone's instructed similarly. Then they're going to, quote, get it. And they'll say, oh, this guy, he's not being altruistic. He's sending me a signal, which is I understand that most people are reciprocators. So people did this readily. Vernon Smith invented this task. And the question was why? Why would people do this? So, so just let's, let's go back to the task. So the task is that you send money to somebody else, the money triples, and then the other person gets to send ma- money back to you, right? right? So it's not just that you're sending money altruistically, but you're sending money in a way that kind of makes sense financially, assuming that the other person will actually be nice to you. And the question is, why would the other person be nice to you? We don't see people on the street just giving you money, right? Right. So the, the, uh, the selfish thing is to keep everything when someone sends you money, but only 2% of the people do that. 98% of the people return money, now, on average, you, even if you trust someone, you set, that transfer is denoting trust. I trust you. I'm going to give you a bunch of money. Do what you will. So the more money you receive in this task, the more your brain releases oxytocin, and the more oxytocin you have on board, the more you return. Okay. So you send money to me. I'm the one who's getting money and oxytocin. I get both of those. And the more money you, I get, the more oxytocin I get. And then the more money and oxytocin I get, the more I'll send you back. Right. right? That, that's amazing. Now, do you get any oxytocin from just the altruistic act of sending the money? No, you don't, which is interesting. So you need some kind of social stimulus to release this. So oxytocin is classically associated with reproduction. Think of a baby on breast. Oxytocin facilitates the flow of milk. You need some stimulus to produce this. So there's a big question there, which is why would anyone initiate this? So that process, oxytocin is, a, is an emotional process. It's evolutionarily old. But the idea to send the money seems to be a cognitive process. I have this model in my mind, which is how people behave, and I'm taking a risk on that. Now, is there much individual variance in how much people get oxytocin when they get money, and does that determine how much money they'll send back? Tons of variation. So for every stimulus we found, non-reproductive stimulus that releases oxytocin, women release more than men, and they're more sensitive. That is, they respond behaviorally more than men. Uh, Even within a gender, we see lots of variation including women over the menstrual cycle, vary the number of oxytocin receptors. We've seen that. So we'd respect a lot of variability in the system, and yet for 98% of people, the system's intact. And, and it, does the amount of oxytocin released determines how much money people give? So do women, for example, change how much money they give throughout the cycle? That's exactly right. So women who are, uh, have an egg on board have a uh, hormone called progesterone, which inhibits the binding of oxytocin. So the, idea, the way to think about that is if you have an egg on board, Oxytocin motivates social intercourse, and if social intercourse leads to sexual intercourse, and it's with the wrong guy, you bear a high metabolic cost. Mm-hmm. So it's a little break on the system. It says, well, maybe not. So you're kind of nesting. 
I got resources, I'm nesting, I might be pregnant soon, I should keep these resources. No. Now, women secrete oxytocin naturally at, uh, after sex and at uh, breastfeeding, right? Right, and men too. And men too. Yeah. Uh, not after breastfeeding. Not after breastfeeding. <laughs> so so if, if with all what you know, I mean, I always thought that a good, a good lesson from all this and is actually that uh, snuggling after sex is actually a good thing because you get to share each other oxytocin. Is this one of your conclusions as well? Uh, I think the oxytocin makes you want to snuggle after sex. <laughs> so the guys who don't snuggle after sex, ladies, maybe not a good long-term partner. They're not going to be around too long. Okay, so, so but, but if, you, if you do snuggle, don't you get to share each other oxytocin that would create long, longer-term trust with each other? That's right. So we have found that touch itself, touch by a massage therapist, in fact, releases oxytocin. Not only that, it reduces stress hormones, improves the immune system. So snuggling, good for everybody. Uh-huh. Okay, that's good to know. Now, what have you done differently in your personal life, knowing everything you know about oxytocin and trust? You know what I do? I hug everybody now. In fact, I'm going to hug you very soon, so better be careful. Oh, uh, that's lovely. What about uh, with your wife and kids? You know, I spend more time telling people I love them. I spend more time touching people, which is funny in a university. You have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you have to believe your Grad students, undergrads included? Uh, well, undergrads, no, but grad students, yeah. Postdocs, everyone's getting hugs. I just warn people. Very good. That's a great lesson. Give me a hug. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Duke University behavioral economist Dan Ariely. Dan's latest book is The Upside of Irrationality. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com.